Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, David. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I'm excited this morning to open the Word of God and to share with you what God's put in my heart for you today. Praise God. I trust that it's going to be some things that will bring encouragement to you, will challenge you, and, uh, uh, and help you. Praise God. You know, we talked about, I've been talking for the last couple of weeks about being one with Christ and what that means to us. And kind of along with that, I've been also encouraging you to spend some time meditating on the Word of God. In fact, meditation needs to be a regular part of your life. And when I talk about meditation, I'm not talking about sitting cross-legged in the floor and, and holding your hands like this and, and humming. You know, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. When I'm talking about meditation, I'm talking about rolling it over and over and over and over and over in your mind. And uh, one of the best illustrations that I've ever heard about what, um, what meditation means is like the cow chewing the cud, bringing that back up and chewing on it some more and getting everything that you can draw out of that. And, uh, and one thing that I do as I, as I minister the Word of God is I always give you a lot of scriptures to, um, uh, you know, if you'll take notes of those, jot those down, go back, listen to the um, online broadcasts again, uh, or, uh, uh, you know, copy the notes down there, but meditate on those scriptures. Wake up in the morning with those, those scriptures going over in your, in, in your mind and rolling them over. Uh, go to bed at night, rolling those things over in your mind. You know, I can't tell you how many times that the Lord has given me revelation in a specific area or a specific um, thing that I was dealing with or something that I was facing, just as I meditated on the Word of God, I'm just thinking on the Scriptures, just thinking on those things. And, and that word meditate actually means to mutter. 
So just, just speaking those things just under your breath to yourself. This is why the scripture says, speaking to yourselves in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart. As you just meditate on the goodness of God and roll those things over, revelation begins to pour into your heart. Praise God. You say, well, you know, well, how did you think of that? Well, you know, it's not that, that I'm uh, some great deep thinker or anything like that. But as I roll things over, you see, I've got the author of the Bible resident on the inside of me. He lives in me. Praise God. And so as I meditate on the Word of God, roll those things over in, in, in my thought life, praise God. This is why the Scripture says, you know, to, he says, think on these things, the things that are good, the things that are noble, things that are of good report. He says, think on these things. See, as you do so, praise God, then effectively you cast down the arguments and the high things that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. You effectively cast those things down by choosing different thoughts. You choose God's thoughts, praise God. And as you choose those thoughts, praise God, then God begins to expound on those. And, you know, and I, uh, the, the Word of God, when you open up your Bible and you begin to read, what you're reading there is the Logos of God, the Logos of God. But as you take that word and you get it in you, then Holy Spirit begins to change Logos into Rhema or a revealed word of God. So it becomes a personal revealed word to you. See, it's, it's in those times that the Spirit of God begins to give you answers to your questions. It's in those times that the Spirit of God begins to show you and give you direction and to give you ideas and give you instruction on the things that you need to do in your life and the things that you need to, to, to change, the things you need to fix, the things that you need to believe differently. Praise God. And, and He begins to bring those kind of instructions to you as you meditate on the Word of God. So, on the subject of, of our oneness with Christ, we're going to wrap this message up today. Um, so let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse number 17. And we have been building off of this scripture. It says, But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. He who is joined to the Lord is is one spirit with him. One more time. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. How did you get joined to the Lord? You got joined to the Lord when you confessed Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior and you believed in your heart that God had raised him up from the dead. At that moment that you that you uh, believed that and verbally acknowledged that you instantly became one spirit with him. Praise God. 
Praise God. And, and, and nothing can ever change that. Hallelujah. You're not going to unbecome one with him. You have been joined. You're not going to be separated. You know, the, the eighth chapter of Romans says, Who can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord? Height, nor depth, nor things present, nor things to come, nor things, nor, nor uh, principalities, nor powers, or, you know, any other created thing. None of these things shall be able to separate me from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus my Lord. Praise God. Because you have been joined to the Lord and you have become one spirit with him. Now, I want you to understand something that, that took place as we begin to meditate on this and begin to roll this idea over in our minds of being one spirit with him. Now, how many remember that Jesus said this? He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. We've all heard that, right? right. Okay. Except for one thing, the problem is that the word men is not in that verse in the, in the original language. That word men was added in there, or some translations say the word peoples, neither peoples nor men. The, the word w didn't, was not there in the original text, in, in the original language. That word was added by Bible translators in, in an effort to make it more understandable. I'm not being critical of that, but if we read it with that, that means that Jesus being lifted up on the cross, and that's what he's clearly talking about, Jesus being lifted up on the cross, he said, uh, if we read it with that word in there, that means I'll draw all people to me. But that's not what he's saying there. In the context that he is, that he is, uh, uh, making that statement, he says, if I be lifted up, I will draw all to me. Now, if we back up one verse, we find out that what he's talking about, he said, I will draw all of what it is I'm talking about. And what he's talking about is judgment. And he's saying, if I be lifted up on the cross, I will draw all judgment to myself. Praise God. And so Jesus became a magnet for your judgment and my judgment that was due to fall upon us. He became a magnet for that, and he attracted all judgment. Why? Because the Scripture says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. The Apostle Paul, uh, quoting from the Old Testament Scriptures in, in Galatians, the third chapter, he says this, cursed is everyone who hangs upon a tree that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. So when Jesus was nailed to the tree, God put that scripture in the Old Testament scriptures. He put that passage in the Old Testament scriptures in order to, he, he put it there for this specific purpose of being able to bring the curse upon Jesus. And so Jesus was nailed to the cross, and being nailed to the cross, he became a magnet to draw all of the judgment to himself. Now, as I begin to meditate on that and begin to 
to, to roll that scripture over, I begin to see this, that Jesus at the cross actually absorbed you into himself. And so when he went to the cross and he was nailed there in the mind of God, it was you that was nailed there because Jesus had absorbed you into himself. So this is why the scripture says you were crucified with him. You were buried with him and you were raised up with him. Praise God. You became one with him. So yes, you have been crucified. You have been, that's, that's right out of the Bible. I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ that lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Praise God. He absorbed you into himself. So now when you say, I should have been crucified, you were crucified. That's what the Bible says. You were crucified. I am crucified with Christ. Praise God. Praise God. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 21 says this. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. That would be a good two verses to write down to meditate on. That is so power packed right there. Let's read that again. And you, that's talking about you, praise God, and it's talking about me, <clears throat> who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works. Yet now, notice this, he has reconciled. He has reconciled. How were you reconciled? Notice that he says, in the body of his flesh. So in what he suffered in the flesh brought you and God together. Praise God. In other words, if, if you're going to, uh, if you sat down to balance your checkbook and your checkbook ledger says you have X amount of dollars in your bank account, but the bank statement you just got shows a different figure. What you've got to do is you've got to reconcile the two. You've got to find out why the difference. What, uh, you know, did I make a mistake or did the bank make a mistake? You know, what is, what, why does it show different figures here? Because it should show the exact same figures. Praise God. And so you want to find out why. You want to reconcile the two. Now, 
here's what we need to understand. When he says he reconciled you in the body of his flesh, praise God, he found what was the missing thing. He found what was, what was uh, the conflict there. And Jesus dealt with that, and he drew the judgment that belonged to you to himself, praise God, and he paid the penalty. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. So what did he do? He died. The wages of sin is death. The, the conflict there in the bank account and, and the check ledger the difference was that a wage needed to be paid. A wage of death had to be paid. So what did he do in order to reconcile and bring the two opposing sides together? He died in your place, praise God. And because he died, here's now why he says that he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death. And the reason he did that is so he could present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. Because, see, because he paid the penalty in the body of his flesh, now he can present you before the Father holy and blameless and without reproach because everything that made you unholy, he paid. Everything that made you to blame, he paid. Everything that made you reproachful, re he, he paid that penalty, so that is then taken out of the way, and now he can present you before the Father as holy, blameless, and without reproach before the Father. Praise God. Now, Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 30 says, For we are members of his body, of his flesh and of his bones. We are members of his body, his flesh, and his bones. This is why when his body, his flesh, and his bones were nailed to the cross, you had been absorbed into him, so you were nailed to the cross, and therefore you paid the penalty that had to be paid. Praise God. Praise God. Hebrews chapter 2, verse number 9 says, But we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he by the grace of God might taste death for everyone. He might taste death for everyone. Praise God. Now, God would not send his son 
his beloved son. Now remember when Jesus was baptized by John in the River Jordan and he came up out of the water. The Spirit descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and the voice came from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So remember who he is. He is the beloved son in whom God is well pleased. Now God would not send his beloved son in whom he is well pleased to a cross and and allow him to suffer death, allow him to absorb all judgment into his body, he would not permit that except for one reason, and that is to relieve you from the judgment. Praise God. He would not permit his son to go through that and then you to have to go through that too. Praise God. See, he didn't send Jesus to the cross just so, you know, he didn't send him to this earth to live here and to go through the things that he went through here on this earth and to become limited to the same limitations that you and I are, are, are subject to. He, he would not permit that and then for you you know, unless it, he, he wouldn't permit that unless it made some kind of difference for you. Praise God. Yet many times we act like what Jesus went through was just so he could understand us better. But that's not the case. He didn't need to understand us better. He's the creator, remember? Praise God. He didn't need to understand us better. He didn't need to be able to identify with what we go through. No, he went to leave you from having to go there. He became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. He bore your sickness so that by his stripes you may be healed. Praise God. Praise God. He became sin so that you might become the righteousness of God in him. Praise God. Everything he did and, and endured for you, he did it so you could have just the opposite because he became one with you so that he might take you into himself and in his body instead of your body, he could be punished. Praise God. Praise God. John chapter 12, verse number 31. It says, now is the judgment of this world, and now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw all to myself. Now, this is the passage I quoted just a moment ago. Back up just a little bit and get the, the verse, verse 31, right ahead of that. It says, now is the judgment of this world. Now is the judgment of this world. See, here's what the, uh, Jesus said this. He talks about when the Holy Spirit had come. He says, when he comes, he will convict the world 
of sin, of judgment, and of righteousness. And he says, he will convict the world of sin because they do not believe upon Of judgment, he says, because the ruler of this world is judged. Of righteousness, because I go to the Father. So, what is he telling us there? Let's combine that with this passage. He says he would convict the world of sin. Sin because they do not believe upon me. All right, do you believe upon him? Well, if you believe upon him, then he's not talking about you there. If he says he will convict you of sin or, or, or convict you, he's not talking about you because you believe upon him. He would convict them of sin because they do not believe upon him. Of judgment, he says, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, who was created to be the ruler of this world? Who was put in a position of authority and dominion at the time of creation? You were. Exactly. Praise God. You were created to be the ruler of this world. Now, Jesus, when he came to this earth, he became man, right? He came and he walked on this earth as a man. He lived here as a man, ministered as a man, anointed of the Holy Spirit. Yes, he was and is the Son of God. But he came and he lived on this earth not as the Son of God, but he came and he lived on this earth as, remember the Scripture calls him, in some places it calls him the Son of Man. All right? You can't, if you are the Son of Man, then that means you're a man also, right? Okay? You know, uh, your, your son is the same species of being that you are, in other words. So if he came here and he is the son of man, then that means he came here and he lived and he operated and he walked and functioned on this earth as a man anointed of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And so when it says the ruler of this world is judged, when did he say the ruler of this world is judged? Let's, let's look at that. John 12, now is the judgment of this world, and now the ruler of this world will be cast out. And then he says, to, in other words, in, in order, he's talking about himself, he says, and I, if I am lifted up, I will draw all to myself. He said, I will draw all that judgment to myself. Now, the ruler, he said, when I go to the cross, now is the judgment of the world. Now, the ruler of this world is judged. He said, now I will draw all judgment to myself. Praise God. So, he's saying that right now, the judgment for sin has come upon the ruler of this world, upon, up, up, upon the Son of 
man. You remember that there was a guy by the name of Barabbas. And this guy, Barabbas, was a murderer and a thief. And yet when Pilate was getting, when Jesus was on trial before Pilate, he, he, the custom was that they would release a prisoner at that, at that particular time, at that particular feast. They would release a prisoner. And so Pilate, he didn't want to crucify Jesus. But Pilate said this. He said to the people, so who shall I release to you, Jesus or Barabbas? Jesus or Barabbas? Now, the word Barabbas, the name Barabbas, the first part of that is bar, and the second part of it is Abba. And so when you put it together, you have bar Abbas. And so literally, Jesus is called the Son of Man. He's called the Son of God also. He was both. Barabbas means son of Abba, Abba meaning man. And so he's saying, who shall I release to you? Shall I release to you Jesus, the son of God, or do I release to you Barabbas, the son of man? They said, crucify Jesus, the son of God. Release to us Barabbas, the son of man. Now, the significance of that is he went to the cross so that you, the son of man, could be released. Praise God. They didn't know what they were saying. You know, they, they didn't, didn't know the significance of, of what they were saying, but Jesus went to the cross so that you could be released. Praise God. Praise God. Now, he says, now is the judgment of this world. So in other words, he's not talking about judgment way off in the sweet by and by one day when we all get to heaven. No, He's not talking about judgment. He says, now is the judgment of this world. Now being when he goes to the cross, when he is lifted up. He says, now is the judgment of this world. The judgment took place there that day at that time when Jesus was, was nailed to the cross. The judgment came upon him. You were joined to him, and because Jesus was lifted up, you were judged right there. Praise God. Praise God. You were judged right there. Now, if you will put your faith and your trust in what Jesus did, then that's the only judgment you're going to have to stand. Praise God. Praise God. You know, I, I like to say this because it gets the point across. 
that, you know, Santa Claus is coming to town, he's making a list and he's checking it twice to find out who's naughty or nice. Well, Jesus is not Santa Claus. He's not making a list. He's not checking. Only thing he wants to know is do you put your trust in what Jesus did? Praise God. Do you put your trust in what he did? If you do, then the judgment for you has already taken place. Praise God. Praise God. Now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 14 says, For the love of Christ compels us because we judge this, that if one died for all, then all died. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Therefore, from now on, regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One death, because, all, because he died for all, therefore all died. Hallelujah. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 4, verse number 8. So we are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus, get this, that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. So when we realize that we died with him, now, if you died with him, then you were also raised with him. And because you were raised with him, therefore, you can manifest his life in your body. Praise God. That's what he's telling us. Now, First John chapter 5, verse number 7. For there are three that bear witness in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. These three are one. Now, in John chapter 17, verse number 11, notice what he says. Now, I am no longer in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to you, Holy Father, Keep them, or keep through your name, those whom you have given me, that they may be one as we are. That they may be one as we are. Now notice, back up to John, 1 John 5, 7, 
He says, the Father, the Word, the Holy Spirit, these three are one. And then he says that they, talking about you and I, may be one as we are one. Praise God. That they may be one as we are one. So here we have God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Spirit. They are one. And he is saying, let's bring them in, talking about you and I. We have, because of the cross, because Jesus paid our death for us, he's saying, now we are bringing them in and they are one with us. Praise God. Praise God. John 17, verse 21. That they also may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. And that also and they also one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. And the glory which you gave me, I have, been, I have given them, that they may be one just as we are one. Praise God. Praise God. Let, let's, let's begin to, to meditate on that and begin to picture that. God the Father, God the Word, God the Holy Spirit are one, and now we are being brought into this oneness together with them. Praise God. Now, what does it mean to be one with them? Well, first of all, one positionally. One positionally. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 6, and he raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Sit together in heaven Christ Jesus. So you are one with positionally. In other words, where he is seated, you are seated. Where he is seated at the right hand of the Father. Praise Begin to understand where your position is. Praise God. You see, you can, you can never, if you understand this, you can never see God as being far away because you are seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. Praise God. Mark chapter 14, verse 61. But, but he kept silent and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him, saying to him, Are you the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man. Now notice this. Here he calls him the Son of Man the Son of Man, and you will see the Son of Man 
sitting at the right hand of the power and coming with the clouds of heaven. You will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand, praise God, the right hand of power. He calls him the Son of Man, and you are in him. Do you realize there is a man sitting at the right hand of the Father? Praise God. You see, when Jesus became flesh, nowhere in the Bible does it ever say he took off flesh. When he identified with you and I by becoming flesh and dwelling among us, he became flesh for eternity. He forever identified with you. He didn't come here and identify with you for 33 years while he walked on this planet. No, he came here and he identified with you forever. And there is a man sitting at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And you are seated in him. So if a man could be seated at the right hand of the Father, why do we find it so hard to understand that we are seated there in him? Praise God. So positionally, where are you? Positionally, you are at the right hand of the Father. He says the right hand of power. Praise God. The right hand of of power. Hebrews chapter 10, verse number 12 says, But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins, sat down at the right hand of God. This man sat down at the right hand of God. Praise God. There's a man sitting there. Praise God. And you are in him. Hallelujah. Colossians chapter 3, verse 1. If, you, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Notice here. If you then be seated, been being raised with, with Christ, if you then being raised with Christ. And notice here he calls him Christ. That's a anointed. If you then being raised with the anointed, you are seated there in the anointed. Praise God. I love this. The scripture calls us the body of Christ. Not the body of Jesus, the body of Christ. The embodiment of the anointing is what he's saying. You, when Jesus walked this earth, the anointing dwelt in one person at one place at one time. But now you are the body of Christ. Was Jesus 
the Christ, now you are the body of Christ. Hallelujah. You are the embodiment of the anointing. Praise God. You are seated there with him functionally. You're there positionally. That's, that's your position. That's where you are. That's where God sees you. You see, when, when, when you approach the Father, you don't have to go to the Father because you are seated there at His right hand. So just to your left, there's the Father right there. He's not far away. He's right there at your left. Praise God. Praise God. But notice this. You are one in Him functionally. Now, Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 10 says, For we are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Praise God. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21, there is also an antitype which now saves us, baptism, not the removal of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God through resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God Angels and authorities and powers have been made subject to him. And you are one with him positionally and one with him functionally. Praise God. So notice this. Angels, authorities, and powers have been made subject to him. And because you are in him... Do you get it? You get it? Angels and powers and authorities through the use of his name are subject to you. Praise God. Praise God. They are subject to you. This is why Jesus said in my name they will cast out devils. Praise God. In my name they will cast out devils because angels, Satan's a fallen angel, right? Angels and powers and authorities are subject to him and because you are in him and you are one spirit with him and you are joined to him, they are subject to you. So you are one with him in authority. Praise God. Luke chapter uh, 10, verse number 17. Then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. These guys weren't even born again. They, they couldn't be. Jesus was the firstborn from the dead. And at the time this was written or said, he hadn't been raised from the dead. He hadn't died yet. So these guys were not even born again. You are. 
you are joined to the Lord. And he said to them, I saw lightning, I saw Satan like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven, because you are there. You are in him. Praise God. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18, the eyes of your understanding, the Apostle Paul is praying here, he is praying that your eyes, your spiritual eyes be opened, be enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he has put all things under his feet. Now, we are the body, so would that mean that we would be, that we'd have the same feet? Yeah. He's put all things under his feet. Praise God. And gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So he's saying all things have been put under his feet. All things have been put under your feet because you are joined to the Lord, you are one spirit with Him, you are one positionally, and you are one functionally. You can you have the ability because you have been joined to Him to function like He functioned. Praise God. Praise God. And then in 2 Corinthians, and we're going to wrap up with this. 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse number 11. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested someday when we all get to heaven, when we've all been changed. Anybody else read like I do? That's not what it says, is it? It says that the life of of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Praise God. You think maybe you've been functioning at a lower level than what you ought to have been functioning at? Praise God that the life of Jesus may be manifested in your Mortal flesh. That's the flesh that we see sitting right here in this room. Your mortal 
flesh, that the life of Jesus, remember we, we quoted this last week, as he is, so are we in this world. That's the life of Jesus in your mortal flesh. Ask yourself this, what kind of life does he have? Well, that's what should be manifesting in my mortal flesh. How does Jesus respond to problems? I mean, you realize for Jesus, problems are no problem. Hallelujah. Problems are no problem. Well, I've got a lot of problems. Problems are no problem when the life of Jesus is manifesting in your mortal flesh. Praise God. Do you realize that maybe we've been living at a lower level than what he wants us to live at, than what Jesus died for us to be able to live at? We've been living somewhere down here a little lower than what he intended. Do you realize that we've been seated in earthly places in our minds when he says we're seated together with him in heavenly places? Praise God. Well, you know, I'm just a pilgrim and a stranger wandering through this world. It's not what he said. He said you're seated together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Maybe you've been seeing yourself on a lower level. I, my prayer for you is that the eyes of your understanding... Be enlightened that you can see yourself positionally at the right hand of power on high. That you may see yourself seated together with Him in heavenly places. That you can see the life of Jesus manifesting in your mortal flesh. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice today that they may begin to see themselves where you say they are seated, that they may see themselves functioning as Jesus functioned because they have been joined to him, that they may begin to see themselves manifesting the life of Jesus in their mortal flesh. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, we're all going to get to heaven one day, but don't be in any hurry. God intended for life to be wonderful right here on this earth. Praise God. Praise God. Heaven will still be there. Eternity will be just as long whenever you get there. Praise God. Because the, the, the time measurement doesn't count. It's not a time measurement. So whenever you get there, don't be in any hurry to leave this planet. Because there are some things that you will, that, that, that you can do while you're in this flesh that you can never again do once you, once you pass from this life. You will never lead another person to Jesus. You'll never lead another person to Jesus once you pass from this flesh. Praise God.
You, will, you, you lose the ability to affect life on earth once you're gone. There are loved ones that you have here. Who, who has unsaved loved ones? Anybody here? If you've got unsaved loved ones, lift your hand. I think that's pretty much everybody. We've all got unsaved loved ones. Do you realize that when you leave this planet, you lose the ability to affect them? Praise God. You see, you say, well, your memory might affect them. The memory of you might affect them. That's true, but it's a memory of something you did here. Praise God. Praise God. So once you're gone, you lose the ability to affect life on this earth. Praise God. So while you're here, remember, you are seated in heavenly places in Christ, but it is so that the life of Jesus might manifest in the mortal flesh. If you have never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, let me just ask you this. Would you pray a prayer with me right now? Would you make Jesus the Lord of your life? Would you receive him as your personal Lord and Savior? If you say yes to that, I'm going to pray a prayer. You see, how do you get in Christ? How do you get joined to the Lord? And if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let's pray that prayer together right now. Whether you're sitting here or whether you're watching online, wherever you are, let's pray this together. If you pray this and you mean this, then you will be saved. I want to ask everyone to pray it together. That God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he paid for my sin, and then he rose from the dead so that I could have newness of life. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for me. I choose you as my personal Lord and Savior today. Jesus, come into my life. Thank you for saving me. From this moment forward, I choose to follow you. Thank you. Amen. Praise God. Now, if you prayed that prayer according to God's word, you prayed that and you meant it, you meant what you said, and you are saved. If you're watching online, send us a message and let us know. In fact, if you'll click, there's a place that says, I choose Jesus. Go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com. You'll find I choose Jesus on there, and you can select that. When you do, you can download a, a, a book free of charge called I Choose Jesus, and it will help you to know what happened to you and what to do next. Praise God. Download that book, and you can get that also. If, if, if you're here in the room, you can also download the book. Just go to the website, wolcarlsbad.com. Praise God. Praise God. Well, I believe it's been a profitable day. How about you? Praise God.
Praise God. Thank you for coming today. If you need healing in your body, I want to just pray a prayer of healing over you. Praise God. I know the Lord's already ministered to us through the communion table. Let me just release in the name of Jesus the healing anointing of God to go into bodies today to produce the healing and the cure. Jesus already paid for our healing. So in Jesus' name, receive your healing right now. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love 